Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try to figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I will be your host. And with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Downsizing. Today's podcast is about Season 1, Episode 4, The Alliance. In this episode, we get a birthday celebration. We see a little bit more of Dwight's personality. And increased talks of downsizing prompts an alliance between two of the employees. So downsizing comes up immediately in this episode. The very first shot is Dwight waiting for Michael to come out of the bathroom so he can ask Michael if he would be safe during any downsizing. And downsizing isn't something that we've heard anything about in the past um Two episodes or so, like since the first episode. Correct. Not since the pilot episode. Um, And we, initially I think it's surprising that Dwight is so concerned because he was excited at the prospect of downsizing in the pilot episode. Right. In order to put an ear to the ground and sort of figure out what's going on, Dwight moves the water cooler right next to his desk because he doesn't use the water cooler because he brings his own plastic water bottle. <laughs> right. To which I don't know that why that would stop him from using right. the water cooler, but or but. talking near it or whatever. So in order to combat the kind of lull that has come with the threat of downsizing, Michael decides to have a birthday party in order to kind of boost office morale. So he asks Pam to find out everybody's birthday, which I feel like they probably should have known anyway. Um, Right. So they could throw a birthday party for whosever birthday was that particular month, which there was no birthday for that particular month. So he's just like, whoever's the closest, which is Meredith. So Michael calls together the party planning committee to plan for Meredith's celebration. This is our first shot of the party planning committee, our first introduction uh, to this group, and it will certainly not be our last. The party planning committee is a theme that runs through, uh, runs through all seasons of the office, and as of this iteration, the party planning committee is Angela, Pam, and Phyllis, and What will become sort of a running uh, gag with the show is that party planning committee is getting together, they're planning a party, and then Michael will come in and completely derail uh, their plans or demand that certain things uh, be done at the party. For example, with this party, Michael wants an ice cream cake. Angela points out that Meredith is allergic to dairy. But Michael says she's not the only one eating it, so he just wants ice cream cake. And why Why is she the most important person about this? Right, even though it is her birthday celebration. Over time, I think the character of Phyllis definitely develops a lot more than what we see here in season one. She's pretty timid and meek in her interactions uh, on the party planning committee. 
particularly with her suggestion of streamers and the color of streamers. And Angela's always been the head of the party planning committee, but she is definitely a dictator in that role. Right. So that is also kind of this other layer to the party planning committee, which is kind of the politics that go into it. So the other layer to this episode is an alliance. So with the threat of downsizing, Dwight goes to Jim and asks him to form a secret alliance. And it's kind of surprising because we don't really get the impression that Dwight really cares for Jim. But we also see by the end that Dwight is pretty smart about this. He knows what he's doing in asking Jim to form the alliance. Right. So despite this alliance being a secret, Jim immediately goes to Pam and tells her all about it, to which Jim plays that off to Dwight as Pam's the one with all the knowledge about the office. She's the one that takes all the calls, takes the notes for Michael, etc. So she's the one that's going to have all the knowledge about the goings-on of this process. So within this alliance, we see the quirkiness of Dwight's personality really come through. Uh, he has several just kind of, usually in his, in his interstitials, little one-liner type things that kind of show his paranoia and just the odd way that he has been raised in the person that he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it particularly in particular, the paranoia. He's always concerned that two people talking to each other is another alliance or competing alliance. This episode definitely leans pretty heavily into the show Survivor, which was very popular at the time that this would have aired. So we do have a little bit of a pop culture callback uh, to Survivor and forming alliances and voting somebody off the island. So this paranoia, with the help of Jim, of course, who is completely feeding into this and really stoking up Dwight's paranoia, it all culminates with Jim hearing, quote-unquote, about a meeting that is going to be taking place during Meredith's birthday celebration in the warehouse. So Dwight gets the idea that he needs to hide out somewhere in the warehouse in order to hear everything that is going on, which leads to this exchange. I'm a deer hunter. I go all the time with my dad. One thing about deer, they have very good vision. One thing about me, I am better at hiding than they are at vision. So while Dwight's hiding out, uh, using his expert hiding skills, we have Meredith's birthday party, which is so cringeworthy and awkward because Michael insists that she read her birthday card, the greetings that people have written inside the birthday card aloud, and he wants his to be the best and most funny, but his message includes a joke about downsizing, which just kills the morale, which is the opposite effect he was trying to induce in the office with the surprise birthday party in the first place. So classic Michael being pretty terrible and pretty cringy. Right. I'm curious, and we've kind of talked about this before, but what 
what are the writers really trying to accomplish here? Because this episode is pretty good all the way up until that point. And Michael kills the party. And at the same time, it kills the episode. I think because it's so heavily based on the British version of The Office, especially the first two seasons, Mm -hmm. that's why. Because that is their template and that boss and that show was the exact same way, just completely killed the mood and prevented his employees from ever having a good time without <laughs> without sort of bringing this terrible feeling and this awkwardness to it. Right. I have never seen any of the British ones. I've only seen a few clips, but I know that is the template, and I do think that they soften Michael you know, particularly in the later seasons and you learn why he is the way he is, his extreme loneliness, his fear of never having friends or a partner and those fears force him into being this just terribly awkward person because he wants to bring people in closer, but he doesn't have the social skills or the wherewithal uh, to do that. Right. And that really comes through in this episode with not just the the part about the birthday card where he has to have the best joke in it, but kind of another mini plot in this episode is Oscar helping out his nephew, I think it is, mm-hmm. in his walkathon and just getting donations from out throughout the office. And Michael donates $25, he thinks as a flat fee, but it ends up, because it's a walkathon, is per mile. And a lot of the motivation behind that is, oh, everybody's giving $2 and $3? Well, I have to be better than that. Yeah, to just outdo everyone and make it seem like he cares the most. Which you don't really, I've not heard of many walkathons anymore no not really and and i guess if there was something in defense of michael here it's just that any time that i have seen like a walkathon or whatever there usually is the option to do just all right i'm just gonna give 50 bucks rather than you know two times however many miles or whatever hours whatever it is yes so as we said michael really kills the party when Meredith is reading the card, he really tries to sell the joke that he put in the card. And then he says, here's some more that I, I didn't put in there. And it just really just continues that train to just yeah. bring this party down. To which he then blames on the party planning committee for having the wrong color, just having streamers and... This is like this is kind of that first that first little part where you see that the party planning committee might be a problem. Yeah. Because Angela essentially blames Phyllis for the streamers idea. For getting red streamers. Right. So everyone's always throwing people under the bu- under the bus with this committee and Michael is always blaming any issues with any party or event on the party planning committee. <laughs> right. So in order to try and get the party back, he kind of puts himself up on a pedestal and announces that 
oh, I'm, I'm giving this big donation to Oscar's nephew. And he writes the check right there and gives it to Oscar and gives himself a round of applause. But tells Oscar not to cash the check until Friday. <laughs> right, right. And at the end of the scene, we learn that that day is actually Ryan's birthday. Like, there could have been a birthday celebration, but since he's new and he's a temp, no one knows it's his birthday. Right. And honestly, I don't blame him for not yeah, telling people. For sure. The episode ends with a check-in with the Jim Dwight Alliance. Dwight has escaped from the box in the warehouse, and Jim tell Jim is telling Pam that he's convinced Dwight to go to Stanford in in disguise and spy on that branch. And Jim is behind Pam's desk. He's he's holding her hand. He's touching her shoulder. They're very familiar, it seems like, with each other. And they're laughing because he's convinced Dwight to dye his hair. At that moment, Roy comes in and is extremely upset to see Jim touching Pam. Yeah, he essentially tries to pick a fight with him. And Pam, you know, keeps him from doing that. And Jim just flounders in his explanation as to what was going on. Like, yeah. All he had to do, you know, we're just we're just joking around. Wasn't trying to do anything. Sorry. You can tell that Jim is a little afraid of Roy. He's a little afraid of admitting his crush to himself. And and he tries to explain what what him and Dwight have been doing, that they have this secret alliance. And he's telling this is out loud to the rest of the office. And Roy asks Dwight if this is true. And Dwight says he has no idea what he's talking about. So Dwight was also using Jim. He wanted to get information and sort of throw him to the wolves, uh, as Dwight says. So a lot of a lot of backhandedness happening uh, between D- Jim and Dwight here. Right. So in this episode, we do not see any firings. I mean, nothing really no. fireable. No fireable offenses. Beyond today. just the general not working that goes on yeah. in this in this show. Typical. Right. So we will go back to the annex with Antoinette and see about any fun facts or little tidbits for this episode. Um, a fun one to start is that the entirety of the party planning committee scene was ad-libbed. A lot, I, I think a lot of those scenes are ad-libbed, and especially when Michael will come into the room and make his sort of crazy request. So the actors really do a good job of playing off of each other and making that scene work pretty well. Mm-hmm. We also get our first shot of Daryl, uh, played by Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson. Um, we see him in the warehouse when Dwight's down there hiding. Otherwise, the only warehouse worker we're really aware of is Roy, uh, just because he's Pam's fiance. That will change next episode. Yes. We will get uh, an entire shot of the warehouse. And then there's a couple of continuity errors, and that's what makes me wonder if this episode is actually running out of order in which they wrote it or what they had in mind for this season. Um, Truly, since we don't get a lot about downsizing again until this episode, 
The first continuity error is Jim writes in Meredith's card that she's an accountant, so she can just fudge the numbers on her age. Well, Meredith isn't actually an accountant. She works in customer relations. Um, so that's a really interesting one. They clearly didn't know at this point what they were doing or what some of the characters' backstories were mm -hmm. as far as their role in the office. Another continuity error is that Dwight tells Michael that Meredith has two kids. In later seasons, particularly next season, we only ever see her have one son. We never hear about a second child. And the last one, I thought it was really interesting that when Jim and Dwight are talking about certain people that could be fired due to downsizing, Dwight was willing to kick off Angela. And that seems sort of counter to their relationship and we had figured out from the pilot they were already dating at that point so i wonder if that's just something they kind of forgot about or they were just painting dwight as pretty ruthless and then they picked up their relationship storyline uh in the next season mm -hmm. last thing i will also note that i think this was filmed out of order in which it runs because you we get a lot of randos back in the background of the party scene Whereas we had sort of lost those by the healthcare episode. Yeah. So we're still in flux as to who actually works at the Scranton branch of Dunder Mifflin. Right. Curtis, do you have any Dundee awards for this episode? I do. My Dundee for best psychic ability goes to Michael. Early in the episode, he's talking about the downsizing and firing people. And he obviously brings up Donald Trump due to The Apprentice, yeah, another which, which was reference. which was film, you know, which was airing at the time. And he just talks about how Donald Trump makes people sad because he is firing people. And Michael, you have no idea how sad Donald Trump can make people. <laughs> Um, I have a Dundee award, and it's the Dundee for most obvious crush, and that goes to Jim. He is, in this episode, particularly bad, I feel like, at hiding his crush um, from everyone but himself. Yeah. And I know we've seen it throughout this season, but it is very apparent in this episode. For sure. Who is your employee of the month? Uh, my employee of the month is Pam because she really is a secret prankster and she is really the brain sometimes behind a lot of Jim's most egregious pranks or his biggest ones. She's the one that came up with the idea to say that there's a meeting in the warehouse and to have Dwight be hiding down there uh, during the party. So She's more, she sometimes is more of a prank mastermind than Jim. I have her as my employee of the month for the same reason. Okay. She really just throws herself into this situation that Jim has created. And she does do this very often. She is, you know, definitely plays along with a lot of these situations mm -hmm. and it does make for some pretty good episodes. Yeah. And, and you see a contrast with how she acts around Jim versus Roy. Now, granted, we've only seen her and Roy when Jim is there or yeah. 
when other people are there, but she's she switches from kind of free flowing and laughing when she's with Jim or just around the office to a lot more rigid and meek uh, when she's with Roy. And it makes me concerned for Roy and Pam's relationship. I don't know if he's controlling or just kind of a dud. Probably more that than I mean, anything. We learn, uh, we learn later on that they had been dating since high school or they knew each other in high school. So it could be a sort of comfort thing. Sure. They're not really like pushing each other and they're both afraid to sort of recognize that the relationship like clearly isn't working. Right. It was, they were, their relationship is a series of steps that they felt like they we're supposed to be taking yeah. is like, Oh, well we've been dating for four years. I guess we should, you know, we've been dating since high school. I guess we should probably get engaged. Right. Rather than is that really right. Really meant to be in that relationship. Curtis, one other thing I wanted to ask you, the thought of a, an alliance in order to prevent you from getting fired in the event or, or laid off, I should say not fired in the event of downsizing seems kind of arbitrary just because you're in alliance with Dwight or Jim right if one of them gets laid off are you suddenly going to offer yourself up because you had agreed to that right you can't be like oh you know oh well you can't fire us you can't fire him because we're a package deal yeah. and they're not gonna go oh man you're right well good thing you did that right so it that's very fascinating uh, to me as to why anyone thought that was a legitimate idea. I think that's just, it really plays to Dwight's personality and quirks. Right. Like Hunter, survivor. He, he, yeah, thing. exactly. He equated downsizing to people getting, quote, fired off, you know, getting voted off the island or whatever. Right. And so what he knows is the way to prevent that because he's watched Survivor is to <laughs> make an alliance. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of funny contemporaneous pop culture references. So this aired in 2005. So you see a lot of what was happening at the same time as far as TV. <laughs> right. I don't... Is Survivor still on the air? I think so. Oh, my God. I can't believe people still watch that. I think they have definitely tweaked it and evolved it to where it's not necessarily the same show it was sure. at the beginning, but... Some of the reality shows that have survived since the reality show boom of the early 2000s is kind of fascinating. I mean, it's just changed in terms of what people want or what networks perceive people wanting like you know it started with the real world really I feel like is kind of the beginning of all of that yeah and that kind of so it's you know watching people living in this bubble and seeing how they get along and then it kind of turned into survivor where it's all right we got to see these people how how do they adapt to being in a completely foreign yeah. environment 
And now it's, you know, somehow we got to things like storage wars and the real housewives of wherever. Baking shows. Right. Right. So, I mean, we are completely away from what reality TV started as, I think. And really, most of this stuff isn't even, quote, reality TV anymore. It's It's scripted shows that get passed off as reality. For sure. Anything else about the Alliance? I don't think so. So that pretty much does it for us. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with a classic Office episode. Next week's a good one. Uh, Very excited about getting into that one. So we will see you then. Bye. See ya.